Listeners, it's your best friends in all the podcasting land. I'm your good old Uncle Ben, and who is that man I got on the other end of the Skype line here? It's Hollywood Steve Spratling. Hollywood Ow! Steve. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing out there on I, the West Coast there, Steve? I'm doing great, especially with our new, and I hope it sticks, uh, howdy, 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 howdy. <laughs> I mean, that's just a great introduction. Who doesn't want to hear that? Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're walking down the street and uh, you saw, like, I don't know, somebody who's maybe real gross and, like, scary looking, and as they're approaching you, you're like, oh, no, I hope they don't talk to me. But then they said, howdy, 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 howdy. You'd be like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. I'd be at ease. I misjudged this guy. I'd be fine with that, I think. (laughs) So what's life been like out on on that West Coast for you this week, man? Uh, weather is crazy. Um, you know, like sometimes out here it gets so wild. One day it's like 86 degrees. One day it's like 79. Ugh. Oh, you, you know, it really sucks for you out there. Yeah. Oh, and some days, some days there are clouds and no. I just, yeah, it's rough. Uh, <laughs> other than that though, I've uh, been doing great. Uh, having a good time with the wife. We've recently been watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Fuck yeah, same deal over here. We've been watching that shit, and it's yeah. fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Been just like, uh, I think we're five episodes in, maybe or six. Yeah, and I think that we're four or five in. It was the last one that we just yeah. watched is where Kimmy goes to like that college party. Yeah, that was so funny. Fuck, that was like one <laughs> of the funniest episodes they've done yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great one. I'm really um, digging this season, man. Kind of like, I feel like with the first season of the show, it was really good. And then like the last maybe two or three episodes, they really let it off the chain. And it just got really fucking weird and ridiculous. And then the mm-hmm. whole second season, they just kind of rode that wave. And I was yeah. kind of worried with the third season. Because like the, the preview for the third season made it look like it was kind of normal. I was really yeah. kind of worried they were going to like pare it down a little bit, but no, this has been fucking no. hilarious. No, they off went the chain. just full on with it. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely digging it. You know, I was noticing something today, uh, Ben. What's that? <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people will watch uh, shows, say, uh, certain CBS sitcoms like Big Bang Theory or mm-hmm, something. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they say, like, they they get home from work, they just want to turn their brain off. Uh, now, I have trouble watching shows like that and turning my brain off because I, I have this sort of hypercritical mode I go into where I can't not notice everything that annoys me about it. Hashtag but, crazy brain. Hashtag crazy brain. <laughs> but I do find that YouTube videos really helped me to just like veg out that's a good decompress uh, yeah i and of course you know i like i like traditional things i like i like the buzzfeed videos they're real fun they're short 
I like you don't have to think too I'm much. Try Guys, yeah, we love we love Keith. I was gonna say uh, Keith is definitely the best fucking Try Guy, obviously. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Keith. Um. Anyway, but I, I like some weird things I've noticed. Um. I have three things that I go to often on YouTube mm -hmm. that I want to recommend to anybody out there who just really wants to turn their brain off. Tell me the about, about it. The first one. The first one is marble races. Marble look, races. Look this up. Marble races. Basically, what it is is someone will build uh, a uh, a little sand track, downhill sand track, okay. and race. You know, uh, eight to to thirty-two marbles at a time, and it is so insanely entertaining and also like tense strangely like you start to root for certain marbles for some reason it's really really interesting yeah highly recommend looking up marble races Damn. Um, number two there is a youtube channel called primitive technology okay where there's this guy who he he builds huts and builds like primitive tools and, and he does like everything like f from the most basic element to like you know finding a rock to hit another rock with it and like like he shows you the whole process of like building these primitive tools and he never says a word the entire time so it's just dead <laughs> so, silence well there's no silence because he's out in nature so it's like all these nature sounds and it's but like no talking no talking and it's so relaxing it's How the most relaxing does that guy stuff have? Oh, so many. Ah. He's got, he's, he's like, um, I mean, as far as like YouTubers working their asses off to get their, their views, he's working his ass off. Cause this dude is like making fire with sticks and stuff to Jeez. get views. Um, but it's so like relaxing and entertaining. And number three, and this probably won't uh, help everybody, but this is my number one go-to if I'm on YouTube and just want to to just turn something on and, and forget about it. Videos about the video game Skyrim. Really? <laughs> yep. I watch Top 5 Skyrim Mods of the Week, which is a show that was on for a while on GameSpot. Um, I, I watch... There's a, um, there are a few like Skyrim, uh, builds videos that I really like, like where they just show like different ways of building specific types of characters. I will sit for 30 minutes and watch someone drone on about like the way that they decided to make their character's face and just not think at all the entire time you know what though so, i it, it's one of those things that i want to be like wow i cannot relate to that but i can relate to that i catch myself watching stuff like that all the time where like you know mm -hmm. one one of my go-to's as far as just like totally mind-numbing relaxing just decompress kind of stuff i love going on and watching people do like playthroughs of video games that i used to play oh yeah yeah, that's so fun. So like going watching somebody like whip ass on cans on like Castlevania or like Ninja Gaiden mm -hmm. or something like that. Oh yeah. man, I'm totally I'm totally all about that, uh -huh. dude. Especially if you can hear the audio and you get the soundtrack and stuff on there. That's yeah. just a good relaxing time. 
I also like speed runs. Speed yeah. runs are fun. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is fun. Sometimes that can be stressful because yeah. the guys will be pulling oh, like, yeah. near-death maneuvers and shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they're trying to shave off like milliseconds. So like every everything counts. Yeah. That can be real stressful. There's this guy's movie reviews that I watched too. His name's like Decker, uh, Deckard Shadow. Oh, I haven't heard of him. And you know, it's like he does he does a lot of horror review um, things mm-hmm. on, on YouTube. And honestly, yeah. it's like, I don't really like them that much, but I just watch the <laughs> fuck out of them. Because, like, the guy, he's kind of like, he kind of tries a little bit hard, you know, of course, uh-huh. says the, this is why you suck at guitar guy. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I still end up watching the fuck out of them. I don't know. It's just like a, a good, relaxing watch. And he's got, like, all kinds yeah. of clips in the movies and stuff. And I don't know. I end up falling into pits of stuff like that all the time, too. Yeah, I this is to me like uh, sitting sitting in front of a TV and watching uh, a sitcom that's just rehashing old like jokes and and doing the same like sexist and racist shit like over and over. Like I just can't do it, but I I can sit and watch the minutia of a Fallout Three video for fucking hours on in and never even think like i'm wasting my time <laughs> i know what you mean it's kind of it's kind of crazy where you feel your brain literally going numb as you watch the stuff but you're just yeah so into it that's fine yeah i don't know why i brought that up i just uh thought about that earlier today that's an important part yeah. of living life man yeah yeah i'm gonna tell you one more thing too before we start getting into is. the actual point of this podcast Mm-hmm. So my buddy Eric Hill, who lives out in California, around your neck of the woods, oh. there, yeah, he has he has a, uh, a recording studio called Blue Room Recording Studios. He's been mm-hmm. um, mastering some of my tracks of my original music and stuff that I've been sending him, and they've been sounding fucking great. But he is oh, yeah. he is such a cool guy um, that one night we got to sitting around on on um, Facebook Messenger and we were talking about beers and stuff like this. And I was uh-huh. telling him how I am, this is how not cool I am. I'm just now kind of getting into the IPA thing. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Because I kind of reached You're this behind. Point, I'm totally behind, dude. I kind of <laughs> reached this point where I was sort of getting tired of just the same old, you know. I, I, yeah. I typically drink a lot of like ales and lagers and Belgians and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think I was yeah. just reaching a point where I was just kind of tired of it. So I was like, okay, I need something different. Let's try some of these IPAs and stuff. And I started getting well, into I- those. I love IPAs. We could talk about that for hours. I am coming around to it in a big, bad way. And I think initially it was one of those things where it just, I think initially the attraction was, oh, it's something different. You know what I mean? It's yeah. something that my taste buds aren't just tired of. So I'm yeah. enjoying it. But then after you have a bunch of them, you start noticing the the complexities and the interesting qualities yeah. that a lot of them have. Some of them are very yeah. dry. Some of them are mm-hmm. very citrusy. And some of them are kind of bitter in a good way. And I'm yeah. really digging it. So he sent me, uh, my buddy Eric there, he sent me a whole box of really fantastic um, locally oh, yeah. locally produced IPAs mm-hmm. over there from the West Coast. Did he, and, did he toss some uh, Golden Road in there? Golden I, Road is one of my favorite breweries. I don't have a Golden Road. I'll ask him about oh, okay. that. But I did, have a, I did have a Pliny the Elder in there. Oh, great delicious i'm I'm gonna tell you what man like he sent me a bunch of stuff he sent me um 
One is called, uh, fuck, what's called? Vengeful Barbarian. I haven't had that one yet. Mm -hmm. He sent Mm -hmm. me a a What What. He sent me a Hen House Illuminati. Uh Um, A ton of stuff, man. And they've been really blowing my mind. Like, really fucking fantastic. I'll be real with you, man. And I'll send you some of the some of the ones that he's been sending me. Actually, you know what? If you want to get a full list of all of them, you can just find it on my Instagram. You can find there Ben Guitars or just look for the hashtag Ben Buys Beer. And you can <laughs> see all of them that he sent me this week. But the Pliny, compared to some of these other ones that he sent me, is honestly a little underwhelming. Yeah, I had it tonight. okay. I had it tonight, and it's like it was really good. And uh-huh. from what I was talking to him about, it was kind of... You know, Pliny was one of the first really like, you know, really good, like high end IPAs that kind of hit the market. So that's kind of, it's kind of more of a historic beer than it is a, this is still an unbelievable kind of product, you know? Uh, It's consistent. I mean, it's very good. It was very good. Don't get me wrong. It was very, very good. But man, some of these other ones that he sent me just blew my fucking mind. So yeah, be sure to check that (laughs) hashtag Ben Buys Beer on Instagram and you'll see what i'm talking about but man you guys on the west coast really have this yeah IPA it's great fucking figured out yeah dude. um i used to live um about a block away from a, a place in highland park called galco's mm. uh any any highland park listeners probably just shat their pants but galco's is awesome um it's they sell uh, sodas and beers, mm. and they—that's all they have in this pretty large store. And they have pretty much anything you could ever imagine. Um, yeah, and we would we would go there and just grab new stuff and try it. It's um, it's really nice. I, I kind of wish that like uh, there's also a place out here called Bevmo, which is uh, also like all alcohol it's it's wine liquor and, and and beer and so they have they have a pretty wide variety but galco's would even have like more stuff i i wish that that sort of boutique beer store existed more like widely throughout the united states where people could taste the different beers that are coming out of different areas of the country because they're there are a lot of good breweries in the United States. You're not kidding, man. And the really cool thing is, you know, near where I'm at, I'm kind of near Knoxville, Tennessee. We're very near Asheville, North Carolina, which is a oh, yeah. huge growing brew capital of the yeah. fucking world, man. They got Wicked Weed and Highland yeah. and all. Highland's all great. I really love Highland. And the cool thing is, too, is apparently Knoxville is is growing tremendously we've got a whole bunch of independent breweries and stuff growing around yeah. here and a lot of people are kind of predicting it's going to be one of the next big you know kind of beer cities of the yeah. east coast which is really really wonderful i've been over to like crafty bastard and a whole bunch of these other breweries and stuff there's some good stuff coming up my brother-in-law is currently uh taking uh classes brewing classes at south college in knoxville for oh, a nice. brewer certification so uh, yeah knoxville is doing pretty good in the brewing game these days coming up yeah i had that pliny the elder earlier tonight and then i also had i had a little little bit of the tail end of that knob creek bottle that got me so fucked up on that mouth of madness episode (laughs) so (laughs) i'm okay right now yeah i uh i'm currently drinking a little evan williams oh which one Uh, just just the black label that's my go-to cheapo man yeah, I mean, uh, people don't people don't recognize that Evan Williams got a lot of delicious 
like cinnamony flavors. It's yeah. a spicy whiskey. People just sort of shoot cheap whiskey and they forget like some of these whiskeys have been they've been around a long time. These distillers know what they're doing. So yeah. I'm I really it. recommend drinking, tasting your Evan Williams. I would much rather have that over a Jim Beam or I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, probably even a, a Jake Danger. Jack Daniels. Yeah. 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 I'm, uh, Jack Daniels has uh, it's a little too piney for me, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, just it's got yep. that sugary thing going on. Uh, I mean, a Jack yeah. and Coke, you know, the Lemmy is still just a fucking yeah. classic. But Jack and Coke's great. Yeah, yeah. but an Evan Williams is—I will not turn my nose mm-hmm. up at that any day of the week. Also, George Dickel number twelve. If you're buying cheap uh, whiskeys, George Dickel Dickel number twelve is delicious. I wouldn't turn my nose up at that, nor would I turn my clown nose up at that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! <laughs> transition King 2017. Hashtag Transition King. <laughs> <laughs> because this week, loyal, loyal, lovely listeners, we are talking about... I honestly didn't know how we were going to pull that one out. You did I was it. waiting. I was just sitting on it. <laughs> you didn't even know. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> this week, we are going to be talking about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Around what year was that released there, Bill Gates Jr.? Um, what was that? Bill Gates Jr. Could you have him check and see what year that was released? Oh, God. I gotta get this kid. Our fucking intern here at the Dead Lovely. Uh, we pay this fucking kid. Right. I don't understand why. Um, hey, is it? All right. Bill. Okay, he he's, he's mouthing to me the word, what? What the fuck do we pay him for? Yeah. You know what? You know what? No, no, I can't. I can't let him go. I can't. He's too important to the podcast, Ben. He gives me whiskey. Okay, um, he does, but I don't know what exactly what the <laughs> fuck he does for me. So, 1988. 1988. So I was a mere four years old whenever this came out. Did you? Uh, was, when was the first time that you saw this movie, Steve? The first time I saw this movie was on um, uh, Showtime, I believe, in the year 1988. Oh damn! Um, so you saw it when you was a yeah. youngin. Yeah, my, I remember watching this movie with my my cousins and my sister in my my grandparents' apartment when we were young ones. Uh, we actually watched it a number of times because back in those days, uh, if you had HBO or Showtime or whatever, they just showed the same movies over and over and over. Oh god! That's yes. why. That's why I've seen Tom Hanks' classic Dragnet. 50 to 60 times i believe dude that's why as a kid growing up i watched that thing you do and mr holland's opus and the shadow oh yeah eight million fucking times <laughs> is because that was on stars 24 7 yeah yeah and if it was like you felt like if you're paying for these extra channels you have to watch it so like i've seen i've seen arliss i've seen uh all of oz oz is a, a good show but i've heard uh arliss not great <laughs> I used to watch. I, oh, I watched all of Mr. Show with Bob and David, which actually uh, I would say was time well spent. Um, very ahead of its time. Very ahead of its time, and and I still enjoy. I, I think everybody who was in that show is still in stuff that I watch and listen to today. So go back and watch that if you've never seen it. Good on him. Good on him. I watched this movie for the first time. Whenever yeah. we did our 
original podcast about it mm-hmm. several months ago with the corrupted audio. Um, yeah. <laughs> P.S. Ben and Steve from the future representing. Rep. Rosam. <laughs> so we did an original I, episode about this months ago, and it was one that I had. Uh, my wife used to work at like a used CD and DVD store, and it's one of those ones that she brought back from the shop for like, you know, 50 mm-hmm. cents or whatever. And I had it sitting on a shelf for years and years and years and years and years and years, and I never watched it. So whenever I watched it for the first time, or whenever I watched it for the first time, it was a couple of months ago, and we did the, did the original episode. And I think kind of going into it, I I knew that it wasn't a, a straight scary movie. I think I knew that it was yeah. a horror comedy. Um, yeah. So I kind of sort of knew that going into it, but I, I still didn't really know much anything about it. Um, you know, it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll talk about it more as we, uh, as we go along into the episode and stuff here. But before we start getting into our impressions about the movie, going along with the theme, I'd like to go through a little list that me and my man Steve here have compiled of other killer clowns of pop culture. Now, (laughs) I will again flout, like just, just... Like, without any sort of compunction, I'm just going to say over and over, I have a master's degree, and I study literature. Whip it Uh, out. Every time I... Seriously, I've gotten to the point where every time I hear myself say something about my education, I just kind of want to (laughs) vomit. Like, what? But I want. I say Dude, that every, to every, explain. Every time you play, every time you say that that phrase, a hundred dollars gets taken out of your privilege check. Oh damn it, man! <laughs> Gosh, it would take a while because hey, as we all know, those privilege checks they keep us going. Oh, they're fat. They're fat. Yeah. Uh, but I say that just to uh, explain why I mentioned this first uh, killer clown. Edgar Allan Poe wrote a short, short story. No, he called. Didn't. He did. He wrote a few, um, but he wrote one in particular called Hop Frog. Um, Is this about now, Pepe the Frog? <laughs> you wait, know what? Wait, wait. Was Edgar Allan Poe Russian? Did he influence this whole election? He did. Fuck. Oh my god! Everything you're saying. It could actually kind of fit because when you yeah. talk about rigged elections, I don't know if you know this, Edgar Allan Poe, the way that he died, people think is a part of a rigged election huh? back in the day. Yeah, back in the day, uh, in 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 his time, sometimes in the 1840s, you'd be walking down the street on election day, and a gang of thugs would come along and start uh, beating people up and taking them to different polls around the county to vote for whatever candidate they'd press gang the fuck out of you they would and they they would often drug them and uh they drugged edgar Allan poe who had a notoriously weak constitution yeah and he died uh that is one theory of his death wow he was he was found on the side of the road uh dead so they're not fully sure what happened but that's that's the prevailing theory that's amazing uh, yeah um, Hop Frog, I, I'm spoiler alert for a 140 year old short story. <laughs> Hop Frog is about um, a, a 
described as a dwarf and cripple who is a jester to a king who is very cruel. And there is a, uh, a female dwarf who is also one of the jesters, and Hop Frog has a crush on her, and the king mistreats her one time, and Hop Frog uh, convinces the king and seven of his friends uh, for a, an upcoming ball to dress up as orangutans, and he, uh, he covers them in pitch and, and puts a bunch of, like, grain and stuff on them to look like, you know, uh, orangutan fur, hmm. and then uh, chains them up. And they think this is going to be, like, a gas. They're really, like, excited for this. And he they, like, come in. They're all chained up, and everybody's like, oh, no, are they, like, really beasts, etc. And a hop frog connects their chain to a chain uh, that you used to raise a chandelier. He raises them up and catches them on fire. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. You don't fuck with Hop Frog. He's metal um, as fuck. Yeah. So he, he he isn't in the sense of the painted clown, a, a killer clown, but he's a killer uh, jester, a killer clown in some sense. Uh, and I think it, it's worth mentioning that this like concept of killer clowns has been around for a long time. <laughs> so, really? Like, well, I mean, yeah. apparently from what you're telling me here. Yeah, uh, the idea that, like, because, like, uh, with clowns, with jesters, there was always the idea that the rich and royalty and stuff, they accepted that these people were allowed to sort of get away with making fun of them. Mm-hmm. It was a way of, like, you know, we all get to laugh at each other, etc., and so it's fine. We're, you know, the jesters and the clowns, they can do this. Um, so, like, I guess that sort of idea of that permissiveness and their closeness to royalty and, and, and rich people leads people to think, well, they could, like, just kill them. <laughs> like, they could kill these people. Right. Um, yeah, and that, that of course, is comes from the fear that poor people want to kill rich people. And we do. Uh-ohs. <laughs> well, I would say, <laughs> the first the first thing that I thought of on my list of uh, of killer clowns would be a uh, a little clown by the name of Pennywise from Stephen King's It, of course, the novel which was adapted to a TV series which is now being remade into, into a, a film into a Hollywood film. Hollywood, yeah. Uh, How you feeling about Hollywood. that remake based on the trailers? Um. You know what? <laughs> Let's. Here's confession mode for Steven. I have never seen the television series. Dude. I yeah. Haven't, I haven't either. Oh my God. <laughs> I was hoping at least one of us had. <laughs> no, that's so perfect. We should totally do that. We absolutely have to go back and do it now because neither one of us has seen it. Apparently, man. I figured you'd seen that considering that you, you're kind of the horror buff of the two of us, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, uh, I've read, I've read it. Okay, that counts, that counts. Yeah. Oh, it it is, it's scary. I mean, I'm not scared of clowns. We talked about this the first time we recorded. Neither one of us has this fear of clowns. And maybe it's because we didn't see it. That's probably (laughs) what it, that's probably what it was. Because it seems like most every, everybody in our age group that I know that is terrified of clowns, they saw it a little too young and they were just fucked up forever. Yeah. I mean, uh... Yeah, it, it, I've never had that fear. I see that they're they're weird and they're creepy. Yeah, painted on like, smiles and stuff. It's yeah, in, it's ingenuine. also they're just 
they're also just sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I I kind of look at clowns a lot of times and think like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the trailers for the remake? I have, and you know what? Uh, I I don't know what to compare it to because I, I know that like people are like, oh, my childhood. Sure. But, like it's not my childhood, so it's like, oh, it looks like it might be good. Well, that's the thing is like I know some people that aren't totally about it, but I feel like. You know, again, now that I realize that neither of us have ever seen the original, um, yeah. we're kind of in a unique place because we're actually viewing it very objectively. Yeah. Um, I think it looks pretty sick. I think it looks pretty yeah. cool. Like, there's a few things I- in there. There's a few, like, jump scary kind of moments that may just be editing of the trailer. Maybe the, maybe the movie itself isn't all jump scare heavy and stuff, because I'm not really into that. But Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say that even though I haven't seen it, it was a TV movie on ABC. I'm gonna go ahead and guess it was full of jump scares. <laughs> like, and I'm also gonna go ahead and say, uh, just guessing, just guessing. I'm just gonna go ahead and guess that the original It series probably wasn't that good outside of Tim Curry. I'm just guessing. Probably not. Yeah. This TV I series, mean, you know. <laughs> we're we're probably pissing off so many people right Tons now. So many people, people just sitting. They're sitting there clutching their it pillow, and they're just like, <laughs> "No, get wrong." Their it body pillow that they married. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, oh no! Uh, they have a Pennywise waifu. Oh, ooh, waifu! I really like that <laughs> moment in the trailer where, like, like initially, whenever the kids are, the, the, it shows all the kids and they're sitting around like a movie projector, and the projector starts going crazy and going through the slides fast. I thought that was, yeah. I thought that was corny. But then the visual yeah. of it shows like Pennywise kind of like underneath the mom's hair or something and the hair is like mm-hmm. blown in the wind. That looks pretty fucking yeah. sick. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm excited about it. I'll definitely see it when it comes out. What's your next yeah. on, on your list of things that hopefully at least one of us knows about? <laughs> well, I, I guarantee we both know a good bit about this one. Um, the Joker, you may have heard of him. The Joker? El Joker? Yeah. El Joker. Yeah. You're talking um, about the enemy of the Batman. Yeah. The serial killer that's been serial killing since 1940. Oh, he's had a long run. He's had a good streak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's been he's been doing it a while. I'm, and, a, um, I'm a big old Joker fan, so I'll, I'll give you a little... Oh, yeah. A, a quick summary. I grew up as a Marvel zombie. I'm totally yeah, a Marvel fan, so I never really read Batman stuff growing up, but... My my waifu um, mm-hmm. is, is a huge, huge Bat fan. Uh, she used to read a lot of the comics and, of course, mm-hmm. had seen all the movies and stuff whenever met her. So yeah. she kind of got me into Batman um, sort of later on in my life. We actually have, like, our bathroom is actually a Bat room. Like our I bat, know. Yeah. It's, it's the best. <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, I've since become a, a big old Batman fan. And I think the Joker is a really, really fascinating character. And I think the reason yeah. that the Joker works so well is because he is literally all of the opposites of why Batman works well. Where, yeah. Whereas Batman is stoic and rational and logical, the Joker is completely not stoic. He's completely irrational and on the side of anarchy and chaos and stuff like this. Yeah. It's like he, he is, Batman wants order. He wants chaos. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He is the yin to it's the yang It's a natural clash. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, the just I I don't know how true this story is, but the story that's been passed down is that 
in Batman One, when Joker appears, he was supposed to he was supposed to be killed off right. at the end of the that issue, and he was saved by the editor, who <laughs> who saved one of the greatest villains of modern times. Like yeah. he's he's absolutely like without the Joker, uh, we wouldn't have Suicide Squad, Ben. Oh damn it! Fuck. <laughs> Oh my god, your response just now was exactly the response that I give every time someone says Suicide Squad. Oh, damn it. Fuck. Yeah, just like, god damn it. What a Ugh. hot pile of fucking garbage that movie was. Jesus Christ. Ben, I I put off watching. I I have to say that I, just like you, grew up as a Marvel zombie. I, I, uh, I had my uh, subscription to Iron Man that came every month Fuck i yeah. fucking loved it that's the book uh, that taught read... us how to be alcoholics yeah exactly <laughs> um i read i read x-men like crazy yeah. i was uh, uh i remember when the 2099 uh universe came along oh, i was a geez, big fan of spider-man dude. 2099 i also had a subscription to that i got that for my birthday one oh year. my so god excited. dude yeah 2099 i totally have a bunch of those over here in the other room yeah man. um but i did read batman and i also um i until Batman versus Superman, I had seen uh, from Tim Burton's Batman on. I had seen every one of those movies in the theater, um, and Batman versus Superman killed it for me. Like I couldn't do it. I it's like a hot everything pile of garbage. Everything about it, I just couldn't go see it in the theater. And then I tried to watch it at home, and I just turned it off because it was like no. Like I, I, I sat through Batman and Robin. I sat through Batman forever. I yeah. fucking cannot sit through Batman versus Superman. What is wrong with you people? So many motherfucking problems. And it's like I, I watched that movie, and there were there were moments that I really enjoyed because there's several moments in there. You know, inevitably with Batman fighting Superman that are just basically scenes from Frank Miller's Dark Knight, you know, yeah. li live action. And yeah. to me, it was cool to see those things come to life on screen. But then uh -huh. the other 95% of the movie is just fucking hot horse shit. It's like, yeah. how can you not... Dude, like, DC failing to make a cool movie with Batman and Superman? yeah. That's, it, it's what? Ki it's kind of like like if a fucking uh, imagine if like a porn director got to film a movie with like you know like Heidi Klum and uh, uh, <laughs> all right go ahead you know <laughs> I don't know I'm struggling I'm wrestling save me <laughs> another uh, director I, female fuck well, okay what if, what if a porn director could direct a Tom Brady uh, Gis Giselle bunch and porn there you go. <laughs> There you go. I that's going, exactly. I was going girl on girl, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. So when you think of Batman versus Superman, your porn equivalent is girl on girl. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. But it's like, imagine if you had that going on and you still managed to make it not hot. That's what DC yeah. did. It's like, you fucking idiots, dude. It should be so easy. Yeah. Just, just grease them up and let them razzle. <laughs> can you imagine if that's what they did just ben affleck just greased up did you say your mom's name was martha well bring it on brother <laughs> it worked for the 300 dude that movie made fucking billions yeah it did um <laughs> i listen um i don't want to talk too much about suicide squad but um 
<laughs> but it I, does I do, suck. It does fucking sucks. I do want to <laughs> mention that I, I thought of not even mentioning the Joker because it was too basic and just going straight with Harley Quinn because sure. I, I do absolutely love Harley Quinn. Fuck I've been yeah. with her since Bruce Tim in, introduced her to us in uh, Batman the Animated Series, Hell which yes. is still one of the best. Mark, uh, Mark Hamill, still the best motherfucking Joker. Yeah, absolutely. All. Absolutely, he's still like he. That's the voice I hear in my head. I yeah, see same. Heath Ledger, like I see the way he he performed it. Like that's what I think of if I'm thinking of the Joker physically. But I hear Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah, totally so, man. Yeah. Absolutely nailed it. So I'm, I'm yeah. with you, man. The Joker is is the clown prince of crime, and all of his iterations. I mean, whether it's Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger or Mark Hamill or or anybody yeah. else. There's been some really cool portrayals of him through the ages, and I like seeing the many facets of how different people play him. I know that so many people have you know, their Joker that they're just hanging on mm-hmm. to, but I get excited anytime I get to see somebody else's take on the character, just to see a new facet. Same with Batman, too. I mean, th- those are such black and white characters that it's fun to see what kind of black somebody chooses, what, some, what kind of white somebody yeah. chooses to play one of those characters. Yeah. Um... You know, speaking of what DC did with Suicide Squad and Batman versus Superman, our next <laughs> entrant is known for his his line, shit the bed, Captain Spaulding. <laughs> Captain Spaulding from Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses and also The Devil's Rejects. Um, fuck, it's such a... Okay. House of a Thousand Corpses, I'm not nuts about, but I think The Devil's Rejects is one of the finer horror movies of my lifetime. I think it's just a really badass fucking movie. I'd love to cover that on the show sometime. Yeah, any anyone who would contend, I, I think, I don't know, there's there's a, a weird critical reaction to Rob Zombie's movies I don't entirely get. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the just presentation of pure like disgusting violence and white trash and white trash well this is a thing like the people responding to this it's like that that's so over the top and unreal i grew up uh, my mom had a biker boyfriend who uh who uh you know fought pit bulls now listen i i don't support that dog no. dog fighting's not cool but no. he like I grew up around that type of white oh, yeah. trash. No, that kind of white trash That's, is very fucking real. Maybe if you haven't it's lived very around, you don't real. Believe, but it's really fucking real. Yeah. So like you 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 know critical responses to to Devil's Rejects. It's like some some people gave him you know the exactly what he deserved, like the praise he deserved for showing this sort of depravity and stuff. But like these are these are real people i've known i've not known people like that exactly but i've known people that show those same traits and uh yeah you you can't just because your experience is limited you can't say that something is unreal i like the character of captain spaulding a lot because he really he really treads that fine line between being comical and likable and terrifying and menacing at the same time like even those scenes like in devil's rejects where he confronts that woman in the parking lot of that like gas station yeah he's like laughing and cutting up with her and then suddenly he just turns on a dime and he's like did i stutter bitch and it gets really fucking real i don't know he does such a great job portraying that character um yeah really really fantastic i love devil's rejects i think it's a fucking cool movie 
I do too. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's, it's hard to watch. Like, you know, if any, anybody uh, is watching Devil's Rejects and uh, thinks like, oh, this is, this is all cool. This is all normal. Yeah, there's a problem there. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's exactly the point of the movie is that there is a problem here. There are people out there like this and that's there, there should be real and genuine fear in you that you might run into them. I like that grimy old clown. Now, another grimy old clown that I spent hundreds of hours of my childhood with is our next entry on the list here, which is a little clown from a video game series called Twisted Metal called Sweet Tooth. Yay, yay. I, uh, I love, you know, I, as I mentioned on previous episodes of the show, like kind of before I got into music, like video games were my life. So yeah, whenever I got my PlayStation and, uh, I got twisted metal, I played hours and hours and hours of that. And then whenever I got twisted metal two, I played fucking thousands of hours of that, especially with the, the split screen competitive and deathmatch modes and stuff like that. My brother and I, our friends and I would play through the 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 whole game you know in that split screen mode all the time and sweet tooth for those of you who are unfamiliar with the twisted metal series it's kind of a vehicular combat game where yeah it's a very comic book kind of stylized sort of mm-hmm. game where you choose like a character who has a very um you know stylized car that matches his persona and has special attacks and stuff and you basically just fight in these cool arenas and blow each other up and the last man yeah Stang it's wins. like the it's like the Mario Kart battle mode, but yeah. violent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Sweet Tooth was a, a clown who drove an ice cream truck, and he was a, a demented psychopath killer. Now, that ice cream truck is interesting to me, Ben. Hmm. You know why? Why's that? Because it looks, in the first two games, almost exactly like the ice cream truck in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It totally does. And it's like, now that yep. I've seen the movie... I completely see that. Yeah, that this that Sweet Tooth is obviously, I mean, based off of other killer clowns, but his car is obviously straight out of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Absolutely so, man. Absolutely, yeah. which is a great transition to our feature presentation. Murderous gestures capable of interplanetary travel. <laughs> That's the British title I just came up with. Oh, interesting. That sounds far more sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the same movie, but just with that title. Absolutely um, so. And, and more crooked teeth. <laughs> yeah, Pennywise type teeth. Yeah, I can make um, that joke because I have very fucking crooked teeth. Um, I have some crooked teeth of my own. Boom. Um, let's see. So, Killer Clowns is... Uh, uh, the direction is attributed to Steven Chiodo, but uh, I think any one of them would admit that they all, all three of the Chiodo brothers, um, uh, had a lot to do with making this movie. Tri- 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 um, triple threat. Yeah. Now, if you don't know the Chiodo brothers, uh, highly recommend looking up. There's uh, an interview with them uh, and. Um, oh, no. What's his name? Scott Ian from Anthrax. Really? Uh, yeah, great interview on Nerdist. Scott Ian actually had a, a short-lived show on Nerdist where he interviewed special effects artists uh, that highly recommend. It's, Damn. it's fun. Well, I guess yeah. after he interviewed like the Chiodo Brothers and Greg Nicotero and Tom Savini, he was like, and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. I yeah. mean, uh, the Chiodo Brothers, they worked with Tim Burton 
from from beginning with his short his 1982 animated short Vincent. Oh wow! It I didn't wasn't know they animated. Did that. It was like yeah. Uh, they've worked they worked with him, and actually you can see uh, either his influence on them or their influence on him. In this movie, at one point, there is uh, a tunnel they walk through that looks almost exactly like a sandworm that yeah. appears in uh, Beetlejuice uh, in 1989. So I remember that. Yeah, completely the yeah. same kind of style. Yeah, they, um, they've worked on various different things together and separately. Things like Critters... Large Marge and Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh my God! Or not Pee Wee's Playhouse? The source of my nightmares. Yeah, Um, they did the Christmas Critters animations in Elf, like the narwhal and the penguin, or not penguin, but the yeah, they did that. That's a real cool like animation. Man, the Leon Redbone Snowman is my fucking favorite because I got to love a Leon Redbone. Yeah, who doesn't? Bad people. That's who. Fucking idiots and deaf people. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) They were also the puppeteers in Team America. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. They did all the all the the marionette work in there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And if you uh, if you do check out the uh, Scotty in um, interview with the Chiodo brothers, they have a really great story about the pussies and dicks scene from Team America. Oh shit! Really funny. So I gotta uh, watch that. That's great. Yeah, I'll I'll put up a link on our uh, Twitter so you guys can find it pretty easily pro move yeah so this very (laughs) much like Pumpkinhead is a movie that was written and well directed by special effects masters right yeah yeah so this and there's there's no real flaw in the special this movie is special like these great makeup and puppeteering effects that have uh, an obvious eye and an obvious like voice, a very particular like the the way that the the big top um, spaceship is designed mm-hmm. and like the way that the clowns look. And they're such all, a all great the clowns are different. Eye. Like there's not just one yeah. clown style. Yeah, there are I think basically five types that are mixed up with different clothing. Maybe maybe a little bit more than five, but. Like, even when you see the two female clowns, Mm -hmm. one of them is the short clown with the weird-shaped head, and one of them is the big, fat clown. Oh, damn. So, like, yeah. So, I think they just sort of use those different, five different heads on different colored and and maybe different shaped bodies. And just sort of made them up for different costumes and so on. Yeah. Oh, um, you know, uh, this just reminded me real quick. You um, introduced me to Charles Clary. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The on Instagram, uh, you didn't introduce him to me in real life. I don't. <laughs> I've never met him, but um, he has some amazing horror art. But one of the things that he has is well, actually, I think there are two of them that um, stormtrooper helmets that are painted to look like killer clowns. Oh shit! I haven't seen that. So fucking cool. Yeah. Scroll down a little bit. I think it's in some of his older stuff, but so fucking cool. So Charles Clary, I first came about his work by means of the uh, Say You Love Satan podcast. Those guys on there um, are huge fans of his work and post his stuff all the time. So I came across his stuff through there, and he does a lot of really, really awesome work that you can buy and put in your home. He does a lot of stuff where he'll take like an mm. old VHS box of like a classic horror flick, and it, it's impossible to describe. I really can't describe it, but I, I guess kind of the yeah. general term is paper art, where he 
it's very hard to describe, man. It's almost like he stuffs the box full of different colors of paper and then Yeah, he like layers paper them. and then cuts away and makes these really interesting like color and and like I it uses color and shadow and depth to really create uh some sick looking shit. It's cool. It's really cool. <laughs> like, find him on Instagram. Yeah. We'll put up a link to that too on our page and stuff oh, so yeah, you can find his absolutely. Instagram. Here's another cool yeah. thing I learned about Charles recently too. I don't think I told you about this. I got to talking to him one night on Instagram on uh, private messenger there. He's from motherfucking mm -hmm. Morristown. We've probably met him. Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like he's, um, he's a couple of years older than me. So I think that he is your mm -hmm. age and yeah. he moved away in like 2014 or something like that. But it's like, he used to go to the downtown all the time. He used to go to Holy all the, shit. like he, I, He's seen my old bands play and shit like this. Like what? That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, like you've probably Wait, met him. Wh what if? What if it turns out Charles Clary is just like an alternate personality of mine? <laughs> I would love to find out that was true because he he's uh, he's got a better artistic eye than I do for sure. <laughs> you could make some um, you could make some dough on that. Yeah. Um. Actually, another just one last thing about him. I noticed that like. Uh, the the movies that he chooses to to do, we've done so many of them. <laughs> like, who's stalking who uh, here? Yeah, like I I think it's it might just be you know being from that area, you just kind of run into the same movies. They're like shown, you know. Well, that's on the, the thing is like, dude, I bet that he stuff. used to go to Video West and Movie Time Video, and yeah, Movie Land oh, and all yeah. that shit, same as we did. Oh. So. Video West was the best, by the way. R.I.P. Buzz. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. But that was that so, was totally my first experience of like seeing all these cool horror movie boxes that I was not allowed to rent and stuff. I'd see those all the time at Video West and be like, "These look sick." Yeah. Um. So this movie, the soundtrack is by uh, early West Coast punk band The Dickies. Oh yeah, and I love that intro song. The intro song is great. But the intro song uh, introduces my theory about this movie. Because this movie has a lot of, like, issues. Like, a lot of, like, story issues. Sure. I believe that this movie exists in an alternate universe. Okay. <laughs> and not, not in the sense that, like, every movie exists in an alternate universe. Because, like, you know, uh, when a car explodes, there's not that much fire, etc. Like, it, obviously, those universes are different. Okay. But... Here's the thing. Things in this movie are so slightly tweaked and different, but, like, in ways that are, like, glaring. Like the fact that when people in this town see these killer clowns from outer space, no one freaks out. Yo, I Ever. noticed there's one scene in the drugstore there where there's a Berenstein Bears book on the shelf, and it's spelled S-T-E-I-N, Berenstein, instead of our universe where it's spelled Berenstein. <laughs> But here's the, here's the first indication. In the song, as soon as the song starts, here are the lyrics. P.T. Barnum said it so long ago. There's one born every minute. That you know. A sucker. Okay. A sucker born every minute. Not a fucking clown. Okay. There's not a clown born every minute. So, in this universe, P.T. Barnum said there's a clown born every minute. Oh, and look out! That that is what begins our in, our initiation into this other universe, 
where all of the stuff that happens in this movie makes sense. Kind of like the old the old prospector guy that finds the the clown spaceship that lands out in the middle of the woods. Okay, absolutely. Here's a here's an interesting point about that. No one ever mentions that old man. No, he's never found among the dead. The dog is never found. Yeah. Here's the thing. From our universe standpoint, I know what this is. Here's exactly what happened in this movie. There is a character named Joe Lombardo who is name-checked four times. Okay, yeah, yeah, they do. They keep mentioning Joe Lombardo. Joe Lombardo. Joe Lombardo. Four times we hear the name Joe Lombardo. We see Joe Lombardo's dead face. Joe Lombardo. right? Pepe Silvia. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Joe Lombardo is mentioned, but we don't know who the fuck Joe Lombardo is. Uh Uh-uh. But what we do see is there is a scene that it makes no sense when it happens and and doesn't really like fit in entirely. But there's a guy driving a car and then one of the killer clowns pulls up alongside him on an invisible motorcycle. Yeah. The guy is a little uh, freaked out and then the, the clown like bumps him with the invisible motorcycle trying to run him off the road. Mm-hmm. The guy says... Come on, Joe, keep it together. That's Joe Lombardo? This is Joe Lombardo. But that scene happens in the middle of the movie. What? Yes. Okay. So, that's definitely Joe Lombardo. There's no goddamn way there's another character named Joe, and they just mentioned Joe Lombardo four times. So, here's what I think. Okay. The movie started with the original opening... Like the killer clowns and showing the the kids walking around and the cop being disgusted by you know all these damn college kids, and then the the old man scene didn't that that was thrown in later to make it a comedy. The Joe Lombardo scene would have been next, him okay. driving the car and then that. But the thing is that there's nothing funny about that. So you've now had two scenes that have not established any sort of comedy in this movie. Right. Also, in that scene, there's the one instance of bad special effects. Like, when it zooms out and you see the the clown on the invisible bike and the and the car, like, it, it's obvious that it's, like, puppets. And, and it, it just doesn't look right. Yeah, it looks pretty shot. Yeah, so I think they were like, well, we can't put this first because it doesn't look as good as everything else, and also it doesn't establish that this is a comedy. But they also were like, well, we can't throw it out because we don't have enough material for the movie to be feature length. So well, there you they, go. Had to, they had to keep all the shit about Joe Lombardo, and they had to keep the Joe Lombardo dying in the middle of the movie, and they throw in this scene with the old man that is comical. It's like, there's something funny about it that honestly if you because i've seen this movie so many times from like being a child to to now seen it so many times the only part that is actually kind of funny aside from some of the stuff the clowns do do, uh is this old man yeah (laughs) like he's got some good lines in there yeah otherwise this isn't a comedy horror it's just a like a uh, a zany horror well, and that's kind of the thing that I feel about this movie. Like, I'll be honest, I'm not exactly nuts about this movie. Um, there's, there's, <laughs> there's things about it that I like that are very, very charming and stuff, but I didn't really find it 
scary enough to be a horror comedy, nor did I find it like funny enough to be a horror comedy. Like mm. my idea of a horror comedy is like a trauma flick, like yeah. Toxic Crusade or something like that, where or Tromeo and Julia. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's fucking. It's hilarious. Tromeo and Julia. Great. Yeah. And it's Toxic su- Crusader. Great. Toxic Crusader. Yeah. It's like it's so over the top. Like I feel like yeah. Killer Clowns is like three quarters of the way over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Like it needed more Lloyd Kaufman insanity. Like it yeah. needed. It needed this. Like I said this the first time we we recorded and I thought about it more and I think this makes a lot of sense. This movie would have been one of those things that would have been called back in Stranger Things if instead of this being a college town and 40-year-old college kids being our our protagonists, there were kids. Yeah. If these were kids dealing with killer clowns and the killer clowns are killing the adults. Yeah. Then this be is cool. a, this is a fun movie. Yeah. But it's not like the, instead like they they have like this scene where it, this is supposed to be a college town. Uh, the the boardwalk stuff is so, shot at Santa Cruz boardwalk, so it's sort of like you see Santa Cruz, um, more like a, a liberal Southern California sort of uh, college, and th- the one of the first things we see is college kids going up onto like a a high place to go and make out sure like you're college kids make out wherever the fuck you want yeah you don't have to go hide no also everybody in the cars is at least 40 oh god yeah that's kind (laughs) of it's very 80s in that way where it's like nobody's in fucking high school everybody is like fucking 40 (laughs) um so like i i think like if if this uh, and there've been rumors that this movie might be remade and there've been rumors of a sequel like cuz the Chiodo brothers say they have they have like ideas for a sequel yeah. they just haven't they haven't found like people have approached them about sequels and they haven't found the right fit and they don't feel like cuz like you know they they're working in Hollywood like they don't they don't necessarily need to make a sequel to Killer Clowns to make a living sure so they're looking for the right time to ever actually do that but if someone were to come along and remake this in the mo- the mold of like uh you know a goonies or a silver bullet uh, like any oh, of God, those like silver bullet fuck yeah 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 like make it like that and boom suddenly you have a hit you have like let's just go and we'll get 11 from stranger things yeah, to be our lead and boom, like now we've got a good Killer Clowns movie. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what that It remake is going to be. Because it looks like it's kind of set in the Stranger Things 80s kind of timeline. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. that's what we're getting. Of course, minus comedy, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Without so a like, doubt, my, my favorite part of this flick is definitely those goth dudes that get thrown in jail. Oh man, I that scene is interesting because one John Vernon is the guy who plays the hard ass cop. Yeah, he also he also played the mayor in Dirty Harry, and he oh, plays damn. the bad guy. And Ernest goes to camp. And Holy he played, shit, that is totally him. And Ernest goes to camp. Uh-huh. Oh my god. And, it, and of course, his his major role, I guess, was Dean Wormer in Animal House. Like, True. That's, yeah. 
So he's always playing a hard ass. He's a um, hard ass guy. And he's the only one in this movie like who he he didn't care that this movie was killer clowns from outer space. He didn't care that he was talking to a man with a puppeteered clown face. He fucking went for it. He was going He's deep. Like he was going hard in the his paint. ass off. Yeah, and uh, and he makes the the only scene that is actually genuinely chilling in this, which is the puppet scene. Yes, that's what where, I was thinking. Yeah, uh, puppets yeah. kind of using him like a marionette, and he's got like blood on his face and shit. Yeah. But yeah, the the two guys who he he picked up, we were just out enjoying a bottle of wine. It's a nice evening. It's a nice evening. <laughs> <laughs> and they're dressed like new wave, like it's and it's the one, awesome. And the one guy is like so old, like his his hairline is like fucking back to the center of his head. He's got like an Elizabethan yes. hairline. Yeah, it's like he's fucking old, and they just got busted for drinking a bottle of wine on a nice evening. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's got to be a California joke, right? Because I, I don't know. Like, I don't get that college students walking around drinking a bottle of wine together. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I, I love those dudes. I, w- I want a whole movie about those guys' story that led up to oh, that Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was really sad when they die, actually. I was like, well, why do they have to die? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, guys. I guess... It, I guess everybody basically dies in this movie, which is why this movie is um, uh, really strange to me again and must be in an alternate universe because uh, the entire town gets killed, basically. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like, there's all like yeah. old people, young people, everybody kind of fucking yeah. gets killed. Yeah, but it ends on, like, a joke. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Everybody's like, ha ha, the entire town got killed. Except for the ha, fucking, ha. Uh, damn it, what are they called, Terenzi Brothers? Fucking Terenzi Brothers, god damn it. They own the Listen. ice cream truck in town, right? Yes, if anybody out there wants to remake the Dukes of Hazard and make it the Terenzis of Crescent Cove, <laughs> and, and I'll be Boss Hog. <laughs> and be like, those goddamn Terenzi brothers. I hate the fucking Terenzi. Like, there's nothing funny about them. No, they're fucking Every annoying. goddamn second they're on the screen, I'm annoyed. And all the jokes that they, like, like that, that they're trying to pull off. Like, one of the jokes is, like, huh, we tricked a, a couple of uh, uh, bigger girls into the ice cream truck by offering them free ice cream. Yeah. Like, first off, those girls weren't that big. Second off... Uh, like, why would they have to get in the truck? Like, they, I just don't even under. And they're tricking people in. Like, I just. Dirty pool, old man. Dirty pool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, although there is one Terenzi Brothers line that I kind of do love. And that's when they first show up. They, they go up to make out point or whatever it is. And um, they're trying to sell their ice cream, and everybody's like, we don't want your fucking ice cream. And they're like, you don't want our ice cream? Well, you can't have it. Like, <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's a good move. But those guys those guys live kind of in the same fashion. This is something that's been on my mind recently, Steve. Can okay. you just, just take a second here? And uh-huh. I really want you to, especially within the wake of the past year and all the great people that we've lost. Right. Think about all the people that Axl Rose has outlived. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. I'm glad I had just swallowed that drink. <laughs>
Like, of all the people God to be at damn. the top of the Deadpool. What the hell? Seriously. You know? Like, like I bet odds, odds on Axl Rose, like, in 1986. It's 100 to nothing. Been like, yeah, it would have been, like, in four years, max, he's dead. Yeah. Nope. Still around. Yeah, exactly. Outlived fucking Merle Haggard. Outlived Prince. Yeah. Fucking Cornell. Yeah, I- all these cats, dude. Now listen, I'm not I'm not talking shit about Axl Rose because uh, I, I am. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, as a person, I'm talking shit about him. I uh, as an artist, I, I do I do love me some Guns and Roses. Appetite, dude, it's the uh, best. It's the best record. Yeah, it's the best. But uh, yeah, Axl Rose, how how are you? Like, if you're listening, what's going on, buddy? How, is, <laughs> how are you doing? Are that? you ta- are you taking the same thing that Charlie Sheen takes? Like, what is it? That keeps you guys going. I don't understand it, but whatever they're doing, that's what the Terenzi brothers are doing too. Because they they even get blown up at the very end of the movie. Yes. In their own these ice cream truck. And then they're like, "Yeah, we're, we live. It's fine." These motherfuckers couldn't die if they tried. Um. Now here's the thing about this uh, this movie that like like we've already talked about the special effects, but I, I think particularly we need to talk about the aesthetic. Like not only like these guys are good at special effects that's something you yeah. know like tom savini is amazing at special effects like, shit yes you know, yeah like there are a lot of people who are great at special effects but these guys not only are great at special effects but have this great artistic like view of what this movie was supposed to be so like when they're in the spaceship like all of the levers and stuff are made of like toys and like squeezy th- things. Like yeah, the, yeah. The 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 lasers that they shoot are like weird. Like one of them is like a spirograph that like you know catches you in this like rubber ball. And then there's the like a thing popcorn about, gun. Yeah, there's a popcorn gun, and the popcorn are like they're like. Uh, killer clown eggs that yeah. turn into like you know I guess the larval stage of killer clowns. That's creative um, and fun and doesn't really yeah. require a lot of explanation, but you still buy it whenever you see it. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So these guys like uh, are, they're being real creative here, and I I think that has to be praised that despite the fact that maybe it would have paid to get uh, like a real screenwriter to write this movie they they they've got a lot going and i'll tell you while you're on the subject of the of the merits of a lot of the visuals one of my favorite things especially while they're inside of the ship so the inside the ship from the exterior just looks like a a a circus like big top um uh, tent Mm -hmm. but whenever they go inside especially towards the end of the movie whenever they're kind of going in for the final battles and stuff like this a lot of the sets, I think, are really, really interesting. And it really slips by you yeah. if you're not paying attention because a lot of the sets, once they're inside, it's like they filmed it in an entirely black... It's like a soundstage. Yeah, yeah, empty soundstage. And then they just yeah. put up a couple of walls or um, a couple of platforms or something like this. It's uh, it's really interesting. And, and all this use of negative space is cool. It makes the... Yeah. The walls and, and other props that are like brightly colored really pop a lot. And it also too makes you feel like you're kind of like out of place geometrically and stuff where like you have no idea what the proportions of the room are because it's just black. You don't even see walls. It's like And fr- from the outside, 
it's just like a big top. It's like, like a it's like a TARDIS where it's bigger on the inside. And you can't yeah, really it's make bigger sense on the inside. I really yeah, I really loved that feature about the movie where it's, again, especially towards the end, it's like every room seems to be huge, and you can't quite tell the proportions, and they're very abstractly put together, almost more like sets of like um like a play, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a black box theater type of thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I think that kind of use mm-hmm. of the negative space is really, really neat, and I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, honestly, I, I, I cannot reiterate this enough. Like, if this movie had better screenwriting, this this might be like. I mean, it's a cult classic, but this might be a classic horror movie because it. <sighs> It's so creative. It's so interesting. And, like, you don't really... Because the you come into a movie called Killer Clowns from Outer Space already ready to accept weird shit. Like, <laughs> nobody's walking into Killer Clowns from Outer Space and they're like, this is going to be serious. Yeah, this is going to be like, sick. You ex- yeah, you expect it to be weird. So, like, your, your audience is already going to accept whatever you do and so like when like they're walking through those door frames that are like moving uh even though the door frames like they're, they're paper i think like it, it's pretty simple everything's simple and you can almost kind of see the strings on them you don't question it you don't care yeah because you've already accepted killer clowns from outer space yeah you're like so in you, this universe yeah there's kind of, you know nothing is really off limits exactly yeah so like this this movie has a lot of value the it's kind of funny because like even starting this i was like yeah i didn't really like this much but now as we're talking about it i'm thinking about all this stuff about the movie that i thought was really cool and really neat yeah yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff, but <laughs> also the fact that our main characters, Mike and Debbie, um, and then what's the cop's name? The the cop that's with them. Ooh. Do you remember? No, I don't remember. I, I, I somehow uh, lost my notes for this one, so I don't know where they're at. Yeah, my dog well. at my homework. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, Mike get and Bill Debbie Gates Jr. on there. <laughs> Bill Gates Jr. What's the name of? Uh, Debbie's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> God damn you, Bill Gates Jr. I think he's asleep. Oh, he's curled up in his little dog bed. I have a dog bed for him. Oh, it's kind of cute. He's got a little bowl cut under the pillow. He's got a little bowl cut. And is is like those glasses that they gave to you free if you were poor. Oh. <laughs> uh, Dave, Dave was his the name. Top, that's right. Thank you. He said it in his sleep. It was really cute. Dave. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you got Mike, we got Debbie, we got Dave, and there's actually like, okay, so Debbie used to date Dave, who is a cop. He's the good cop in town. There are two cops on duty. There's the hard ass and there's the good cop. Um, the hard ass is just throughout the movie, like, oh, this is all a joke. People are calling in, telling him they're killer clowns, and he's like, these goddamn pranksters. These damn cranky Um, anchors. Yeah, and so... But Dave used to date Debbie. Uh, Mike and Debbie, they see the killer clown tent spaceship and they go to tell the cops. And Dave is listening to them, I guess, one, because he's a good cop, and two, because he used to date Debbie. But as soon as these three get together, shit gets weird. And I don't 
know what fully happens in this relationship, but I can tell you this. At the end of this movie, Dave, the cop, has his arm around Debbie and kisses her on the head. Yes. But there's never any point where Debbie's like, Mike, we're done. I'm with Dave. Yeah. Or any point where Debbie says anything indicating to Dave that I'd like to get back together. Yeah. That kind so, of ends up sort of sort of strange. It's, it's real weird. It's a it's uh it's like, you know, uh, two guys, a girl and some killer clowns. I mean, if that's what you're into. That old Ryan Reynolds show. Oh damn it! That was Ryan Reynolds. Fuck. Yeah, it's um, and, and the the plot line of the movie is really basic. Like you said, you know, these killer clowns from outer space come into town, and uh, those three and the Chia, uh, oh, sorry, the Terenzi brothers kind of try to to sort of stop them. Stop them. The clowns yeah. are. I, I like too. Like one thing about this movie that I really like is the way that the clowns, which we've already kind of mentioned, they have like the weird spiral gun and the popcorn gun, but yeah. They also have other ways of sort of abducting people, and we're not exactly sure what they abduct them for. It's kind of kind of like a fuel source kind of thing because they yeah. Uh, well, they w- we see one of them drinking a juice from one of those cotton candy c- cocoons with the craziest crazy straw, the crazy that's straw ever existed. And that's again one of those things that's kind of cool because they they capture the the Earthlings in like a cotton candy cocoon. It's really like. It's really like Chieto Brothers just sat around and went like, you know, what are what are elements of a circus and of clowns and stuff that we could adapt into yeah. being something deadly? And what, yeah, and how? Yeah, and how could we make this like look interesting? And the cotton candy cocoons are really cool. Like, yeah, it's they cool, look and they like awesome. hang them up to dry and stuff like this. And then there's like corpses in the middle of them. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but again, the story goes nowhere. Like. <laughs> The story is no, nothing. It's real what, simple. What this is really based around is the kill scenes, yes. right? I mean, yeah. we we got like the the puppet kill scene. Uh, we have the the pizza delivery thing, which is pretty cool, where the 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 smallest clown pops up out of the pizza boxes. Yeah, those, which those is those a, are fun a cool scenes. gag. And like, there's like one chick that answers the door wearing like lingerie, I guess. Yeah, and she's <laughs> like, oh pizza like she's not she no one is surprised that they're fucking killer clowns everyone's just like oh hey what's up dude like, i would be stunned if just a pizza i didn't order showed up at my doorstep i'd be like okay yeah. sick how much do i owe you like i would be stoked if a pizza i didn't order showed up <laughs> I, I wouldn't even be questioning who it was delivered by yeah yeah that's a good point <laughs> i like that scene where there's that one um i think one of the creepier scenes really in the movie is there's that scene where there's that guy, he, he's a really like pedophile looking guy that walks up to that gazebo where the clown is having like the little marionette show. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, like that he's scene. got That's like cool. a, a Dave Coulier mullet and like, yeah, Mole- he's looking he, weird. He's real molesty. <laughs> yeah, and he stops to watch a puppet show in the middle of the night in the middle of a park. Like yeah, we that know this guy's, sometimes, sure. he's up for some weird shit. Um, the... The kill scene that I think is most important for my theory that this is some weird alternate universe and, and also kind of uh, indicates to us like how uh, technologically advanced these killer clowns actually are. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we, we, we forget that despite the fact they look goofy, uh, their tech is, is out of this world, if you know what I mean. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, 
the scene where the clown comes up, uh, up to a bus stop and he oh. starts doing the shadow puppet. That shadow puppet scene is rad. Yeah. I, that, that's one of yeah. the coolest parts of the movie. Yes, and this scene is like, it's one of the coolest parts and has, um, I have so many questions about it. Okay, so he does these like, you know, it's kind of a Bugs Bunny shadow puppet thing where it starts kind of simple and then it gets to like weird, like he does George Washington crossing the Delaware. And that guy so like, like salutes it and it plays Hail to the Chief yeah. and shit. Yeah, so it's like, it's like comical. I guess, you know, now that I think about it, this is the funniest scene other than the, the old man. Yeah. Um, it's like comical. But then, um, <clears throat> this is interesting. When this scene is happening, um, Dave and Mike have pulled up in the police car and they're just watching it happen. Now, we're seeing all this happen from their perspective. And then the clown at one point turns to the camera. He breaks that so fourth the, wall, yeah. Breaks the fourth wall. So the clown knows we're watching him. And knows that Mike and Dave are watching him. So it's almost like that episode of Rick and Morty where like, um, where like the, the, the giant floating heads show up and, and there's like, it's like every planet they, they put into a reality show. It's almost like the killer clowns have this reality show where they come to earth and just like comically kill earthlings yeah, while also like. Yeah, and, and like like he's acknowledging a camera, so it's like he knows people are watching. Yeah. Um, and then which is also I mean, kind of Bugs Bunny. Now that you mention it too. Yes, exactly. And then like um he he does he makes like a a Tyrannosaurus Rex, uh, shadow puppet that has glowing red eyes, and then uses that to, uh, like compress the people at the bus stop down into a tiny like I, like I don't know what this tech is but this is some doctor who shit like yeah. a shadow t compresses these people down into a handful of of something and he puts them into a bag like yeah and then mike um tries to use the police car to ram him and the clown jumps straight up yeah now i i don't know everything about science but i do know that if you jump straight up you come straight back down that's what but i've that's always not done <laughs> yeah like you, there might be some angle one way or the other but this that's not what happens this clown just jumps straight up and then he's gone we're never quite so like, given like a real clear-cut set of rules for what the clowns no. can and cannot do it's very but very luminous it's very you never really know yeah, and that's the thing, though, is because that, that we know that they've traveled from outer space, we know that they're technologically advanced, so we can excuse anything as an element of their technology. Yeah. But why does their technology have to have a, a sense of whimsy about it? Why does it have to have some fun to it? I think it's because they're shooting a show. Like, it, for them, this is a show. Like, they come down to Crescent Cove, California... And they just, like, kill all these people for the entertainment of the clowns back home. You know, that'd be a really cool thing, too, if, if they ever did make a sequel, is, like, really explore the origins of why they decided the to look like clowns and stuff. Yeah, because basically, like, even in in our society, like the typical image of the clown with his rosy cheeks and yeah. 
and you know baggy clothing and rumpled appearance and stuff it's actually based on the typical alcoholic hobo yeah kind of look i mean that's really what the clown is based on is the look of a drunk um yeah and it'd be really interesting if you know in another movie if it showed like these these aliens on another planet and they have some kind of high-tech telescope that lets them see earth and the first thing that they see is like a hobo you know yeah <laughs> and they're like oh this is what they do or maybe they see a clown shit maybe they just see a clown through a telescope they're just trying to be like us is all i i've i've connected it all it all makes sense Boom. now these are dario argento's people <laughs> yeah this is where he comes from yeah they... i'm trying to blend in this is how people act <laughs> Tell her something about the mysterious. <laughs> Mama, you see that killer clown's a pizza. That's a callback from last week. He thinks he thinks movies are pizzas. Oh, he we does. We made that up. He does. But, you know, it's like, it'd be interesting to see, like, why this alien race chose to be clowns. That's one of those things you could elaborate on in a really cool yeah. way, I think. Well, see, that's the thing is, did they choose to be clowns or are they clowns? Like... Are the clowns on Earth based off of these killer clown aliens that came and and maybe like you know somebody saw them and was like this is what they look like and everyone uh, was like that's kind of funny like a chicken egg scenario. Um, sorry, I was, I was gonna play dumb and pretend I didn't know what a chicken egg scenario was. <laughs> I want I want in the in the new remake I want this to be Killer Trumps from Outer Space where they look through their space <laughs> telescope and they see they, they just see Trump and they're like oh okay this is what we do the fat face one looks like Trump like it, it would be much less funny and much more sexual assaulty oh yeah oh man oh a speed, speed, I, I thought of grabbing by the pussy and it made me think of the uh the balloon dog that's actually one of the highlights of this movie yeah that's good too is they, yeah they do like uh they do like the traditional like balloon animal but the dog then comes to life and is like a bloodhound and they use it to like find mike and and debbie yeah that's so, again that's that's cool that's the kind of thing that they yeah. sat around and went what do clowns do how could we utilize that mm -hmm. it's creative yeah but like again like so much of this just doesn't fit together yeah and i i think what most likely happen is that you you come up with the because your effects people you come up with the effects the puppeteering the stuff you want to do and then you just write a story to make that happen yeah and i think you can still do that and make a good story i mean you look at Pumpkinhead. i think that probably plays in too like they like stan yeah, winston wanted to do movie, particular yeah. things but they also made a good story to make it fit together. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like that's that's another movie made by a visual effects guy, and but but still still you know a decent little story in there. Not a lot of story, but there's something in there. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a good little uh, southern gothic sort of tale. And, and this and I'll say too, uh, if we're gonna be comparing you know Pumpkinhead to this in terms of movies made by visual effects artists, you and mm -hmm. I both know comedy is is a lot harder to do than than drama. It's so much fucking harder to do. Yes, it is. It's so much harder to do. And it's... Yeah, it, it seems like... I guess you got... You, you you might get like sort of a feedback loop where three brothers sitting around talking. Of course, you have your own references. You have your own things that you think are funny. 
And so when you're writing this script that you hope is funny, like a lot of it falls flat because nobody gets the reference thing. Nobody gets what it is you think is funny about it. So a lot of this movie does sort of fall flat. Like the jokes aren't really funny. Um, but again, <laughs> then you have like that scene where, um, Debbie is going to escape one of the killer clowns and she goes to jump out a window and they're, you know, three or four killer clowns at the bottom with one of those like, uh, fireman cartoon catch things yeah, for people like a, to like jump a, off the, the trampoline or yeah. net or something down there. Don't they? Uh, it's like, oh, okay. That's, I mean, that's funny. Like. It's a funny reference to that. Yeah, definitely so. Are there any any other particular scenes of this movie that you think are really interesting? Like, I think that the... I like the end scene with, like, Clownzilla, where you kind of see the main sort of... Oh, yeah. ...final boss yeah. clown that comes in. There's some really cool, like, forced perspective shots, because you kind of get the impression that this this mega clown, this kind of Godzilla clown that comes down is, like, 30 feet tall or something, but they do it all with clever forced perspective scenes that that look good that if they did today it would just be shit ass cgi yeah um that seems great and in fact like um they did do they did make one effort to make some sort of killer clown rule which is that their nose is their vulnerable right spot yeah that's the weak spot um which i think if if you're an advanced race of of aliens and you know that your nose is your weak spot maybe you just put something over that i, would. I don't know i would <laughs> but uh those that like last bit of of puppeteering i guess i assume that's what that that's just a huge sort of puppet not huge but i mean probably large made to um, look huge yeah and in the force perspective that all works really good yeah like it does. Our, it's a good sort of um <laughs> almost like almost like uh it reminded me a little bit of of smaug with with uh bilbo baggins totally so yeah just a little bit um I also there is one scene i think we absolutely have to talk about mm. and it's it's uncomfortable it's the scene where the little girl at the burger restaurant yeah is almost lured outside by one of the clowns that now, scene is real creepy yeah and it i i have i have some real issues with it cuz i mean we 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 haven't talked about John Wayne Gacy and we won't go into great detail but there there was a clown known for um raping children and killing them yeah um that might be a little tip of the hat to that yeah but it's it's a really uncomfortable one because it's played the way everything else is played which is sort of like comical and like haha but like where, you stop where's, and think about it and you're like wait ugh. where's the comedy in this like the the parents are a little inattentive the girl gets away for a second almost gets murdered by a clown like it, it would be more comical if this wasn't a thing that had happened yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that um it, it and it might be like they were playing this for genuine horror in which case uh, that works but 
it's hard to it's hard to have that shift that real quick just sort of shift from oh this is all fun and games and now like oh wait no well no like a little girl might get killed by a clown yeah a little dark little dark yeah it's different um, when it's a bunch of 40 year olds it is when it's a bunch of 40 year olds and it, it seems like we're all having a good time it's it's like yeah okay this is just regular old horror movie stuff but they're, they're about to a, die of old age anyway yeah 40 what are you what are you gonna make it to 42 jeez, <laughs> jeez. yuck yeah I'm trying to think if there's any other standout scenes to me. I think that we've we've hit a lot of the high points for me about the movie. Are there anything is there anything in there for you that's sticking out? Yeah, the one we we only sort of touched on but didn't talk about in depth is the uh, the puppet scene with the cop, and and that is the the one genuinely um, chilling yeah. moment. Yeah, where um, earlier the the john vernon the hard-ass cop he says like you're not gonna make uh you're not gonna make a dummy out of me yeah yeah for uh, so the, demise. actually and, and this this is interesting i will say this from from a uh, a screenwriting standpoint uh there's some good payoffs for early foreshadowing in this script so this sure. script actually like had some good elements to it but um so one of the clowns does make a dummy out of him. Dave shows up and he's looking for, you know, um, the other cop. And one of the clowns is sitting in one of the chairs and then he pulls up the other cop as a dummy. And um, he says, what's the matter, Dave? We only want to kill you. Yeah, that gets a little bit creepy. Yeah, it does. It kind of takes you um, by surprise a little bit because the whole rest well, of the movie really hasn't been by that point. And that's the thing, though. Again, this is John Vernon. This is because he's a good actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. He sells he's it. able. He's delivering a line um, in in a chilling way, uh, and none none of the other actors in this movie are uh, good. <laughs> like they're all just people. Like they're just people yeah. that. I guess the Chiodo brothers maybe knew or n- knew somebody who knew the Chiodo brothers. Like they're, they're just regular old, uh, community college level actors. Yeah. He and he really gets to sell it. Yeah. John Vernon really sells it and it's great. It's yeah, a good scene. Definitely. So, well, overall, what are you thinking that you would rate this flick? If you were to give this kind of a one at one out of 10, what would you say are some of your likes and dislikes overall about this movie? Uh, likes the 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 makeup and and uh, and puppeteering effects are amazing. Yeah. The the overall aesthetic is great. I think I love the choice of color, the the use of uh, toys in the uh, the spaceship, etc. I mm-hmm. love the the weird worm at the bottom of a pole that they slide down yeah, at one that's point. Rad. I, that's I love rad. yeah, I love all the the little like elements that, uh, and I I think the the cool thing is that what they were able to do with those little elements is they set up a world without you know ever having to go into this long exposition of explaining it like we understand like these are there's so much going on here and you know we we maybe even get interested in finding out more as you said like i'd like to know more about where they come from um so that's all great um dislikes uh, i'm not even gonna say the acting because I've seen horror movies with worse acting that that I liked more. 
Sure. Um, I'm not even going to say the acting because it's it's fine. It, it works fine. Um, the script is is not great. The editing together, the Joe Lombardo shit, like uh, it really annoys me. Like they could have just cut all that and maybe sloppy, maybe yeah. lose. Yeah, maybe lose four minutes. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I think that was that was bad. And um, but again, overall, it's, it's fine. It's a fine movie. What out about of, you, Ben? Out of out of ten, where are you putting that thing? Uh, I think the first time that we talked about this, I said a three. But actually, this time I'm gonna say hey, this is a four. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna put it. I'm going to put it there because I, I think it, it really has so much creativity and so much like so much really good work put into it. But, you know, if if we were if I was judging this as, uh, you know, just an ex, an aesthetic experience, I might rate it higher. But as a movie, it's it's about a four. I can totally side with you there, man. There's you know, the stuff that I like about the movie. I mean, the, the biggest thing is is the creativity of all of it where like I said when I watch this movie through I can see the Chiodo brothers just sitting around doing a lot of bullshit and drinking beer eating pizza and doing a lot of notes and sketches on napkins talking about shit that clowns would do that that would kill people balloon animals cotton candy popcorn like all these things that you think of when you think of clowns in the circus and stuff and they turned it into um something scary that would kill people and stuff like this. I really like that kind of thing. I, I like the idea that they just sat around and went, okay, what we're doing is clowns. What could we do with that? Um, yeah. That to me is a lot of a lot of fun. And I think a lot of the creativity really pays off there. And I think it's neat too, you know, with this being a movie made by a special effects team, typically in the horror movie genre, if you're doing special effects, it is meant to be menacing and horrifying and dark and gory and gruesome and yada yada. This is a bunch of special effects guys that got to do something fun. Yeah. And that's so, 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 so rare to see in this genre of a fun special effect. Typically special effects are resort are, are, um, um, reserved for gore and monsters and and so on but these guys got to do fun stuff with special effects so you can tell they had a really great time doing this and that's just not something you get to see very much it's like it's like hearing like a heavy metal guy play like a really fucking major key country guitar solo or something like that it's just fun to hear them put their skills to use in a different way you know what i mean yeah yeah and I like that about it a lot. And and as I said, I really love the design of the interior of the ship with all the, all like you said, the toys and doohickeys and colors and all the weird negative black space and weird spatial yeah. elements. I like that a lot. Um, but that being said, it's like I wouldn't really say that I had a great time watching it. Uh, it's just not, <laughs> yeah. it's not really fun to watch because, like I said, it's not no. scary enough to be horror. It's not funny enough to be comedy. I just don't know what the what the purpose of this is you know yeah it either needed somebody else on staff to make it scarier or somebody on staff to make it funnier yeah um, it, re- it really i would say in the end the purpose is uh Chiodo brothers had a lot of fun doing it and they thought this will be a good movie to show people to show we can make effects <laughs> yeah like i bet you yeah. probably like a really good documentary about this movie would be more fun to watch than the movie oh yeah Oh, absolutely. 
I bet that would be such a joy because it, it, it's it's obvious that everybody seemed to be having fun on set. Sure. And like, I love the Killer Clown song by the Dickies. I get that stuck in yeah. my head like all the fucking time. Um, yeah. I really, I really <laughs> enjoy that. Yeah. Um, just uh, two last things, I guess I would say. Um, if if you want to know more about just the urban legends of Killer Clowns, there's a a really great documentary called Killer Legends. It's also mm. it's made by the same people who made a documentary called Cropsy. I recommend okay. both of them, but Killer Legends um, has a segment about killer clowns. Oh damn! Uh, and it goes in it goes into like the real life, like you know where do we get the idea of, of killer clowns? So damn. that's cool. Where can you watch that? And um, it's on Netflix, cool. and I think it actually is on Hulu too. Not positive on that. I'll watch that. It sounds cool. Yeah. Um, and also, the Chiodo brothers have made something kind of recently called Night of the Little Dead. Oh. Um, it's like an 11-minute short, and uh, it stars um, <laughs> Pin Gillette and Adam Savage. Oh, shit. Pin, what? Pin of Pin and Teller fame and Adam Savage of Mythbusters fame. So it's pretty cool, though. I it's It's fun. That's awesome, man. Huh. I would say I'll, I'll definitely check those out. I would say if I was give this a an out of ten rating, I think I'm with you. I would I would probably go I'd probably go a little bit lower. And and maybe because maybe because I didn't grow up with this movie. I feel like if I would have watched this movie when I was a kid, I would have a little bit of a nostalgia factor going on with it. Mm-hmm. But in terms yeah. of just you know, creative process aside, creativity aside and, and fun that they had making the movie aside, in terms of like how entertained I was when I watched it, I'd probably go like three out of ten. Like I'm in no mm-hmm. hurry to watch this again. I didn't rewatch it <laughs> for this yeah. uh for this installment. Yeah. Um I just didn't really feel stoked about it. I don't know. I'm not really into yeah. clowns and stuff like that anyway. Um but, but like I said, I really appreciate the creativity and the fun space that the makers of this movie got to put themselves in, which is such a rare opportunity for people in the horror movie field to do. So yeah, three out of ten for me, four out of ten for you fun to watch more fun to talk with you about steve yeah i would say that's probably true it's more fun to just talk about it you know ben i had heard that buzzfeed has a quiz no never yeah they don't do those yeah yeah and and you sent me one earlier and the question at the top says what kind of creepy clown are you what kind of creepy clown am i i don't know maybe we find out Maybe we find out. The oh first man, this is so I visual. Here is, I'm, <laughs> I've got to, I've got to pick some shoes out. Oh man. Well, um, listeners at home, let me go ahead and describe these shoes to you. They're it's clown a shoes. Yeah, they're clown shoes, and they are of various sizes, shapes, and colors. Um, Typically ben, large. Ben, do you have a preferred? Uh, shoe there that you'd like to describe to the folks? My preferred is the option number one, which is the yellow and green with red laces and a very wide toe. I enjoy the combination mm. of those two colors. It makes me happy. Green and yellow for your boy Uncle Ben. What are you picking? Well, uh, Ben, I'm going to go ahead and pick the purple and white in honor of Prince. Oh, oh. They, uh, they, they also look w- like uh, clown shoes. I don't know if I 
need to describe those further. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen, how about we pick a place? I guess this is All where, right. our, where All our right. evil clown might All hang right. out. We've yeah. got we got six options here. One is the uh-huh. woods. One is right? a bedroom. Okay. That's a love making clown. We've also got uh-huh. a circus tent, which looks just like the spaceship in Killer Clowns. Uh huh. We have. Then we have a spaceship. Yeah, actual just spaceship. I guess a direct right. call to Killer Clowns. We got a sewer, kind of an it thing, and we also have Sephora. Shit. No. Now, why would Sephora be in there? I wonder. I mean, there's a lot of makeup in there, I guess, right? Uh, Is that a makeup that's place? That's it. Yeah, it's a makeup place. You're right. Yeah, I, I thought like, do clowns hang out at Sephora? But I, mean, I guess they might. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out in the woods. I think the because I live in the woods here, and sometimes I just sort of think about if I was out really late at night taking the trash down to the road or taking the yeah. dogs out or whatever. If I saw a clown peeking out for me from these woods, I would I would have a bad feel. I'd have a real bad feel. And I guess we should mention here that uh, what everybody probably already knows, we are also well aware that last year there were a. <laughs> A number of evil clown sightings in the woods. That, that did happen. Were, that did happen. Um, so yeah, the woods is uh, an interesting place. Now, um, I was gonna pick this just so I could use my low kind of Barry White voice, but also I realized it fits with my choice of prince-like shoes. <laughs> I'm gonna pick the bedroom. You going yeah. in that bedroom, girl? We're going into the bed, girl. Now this yeah. is a this next one's a favorite question of mine. Pick a scary movie. Um, <laughs> we got some pretty good choices here. We've got motherfucking Scream, right? We, we've got John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh huh. We have The Ring, not Ringu, but right. The Ring. We have It Follows, uh-huh. which is awesome, and I want to do on the show sometime. Yeah. The Baba Duke, which is also which is amazing. Great. Yeah. And we also have the Blair Witch Project. Now, of those six, which one are you picking? Well, Ben, I gotta keep with my theme. If I'm dealing with the uh, prince in the bedroom, I gotta pick it. Follows. That makes sense because you down and dirty and if you've like seen that. it, follows. It makes sense. <laughs> if you don't, you're like, why did he pick it? Follows. Yeah, yeah. But if you've seen it, yeah, you know. That's a really cool movie. I'm gonna go with the thing. I really love the thing. The visual effects in that movie are untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. The got? thing. Absolutely, one of my favorite movies of all time. Pick a spooky song, Ben. Spooky no, I love spooky song. songs. One of my favorite is uh, Nick Weiger's classic on Comedy Bang Bang, The Monster Fuck. The but, Monster Fuck. Yeah, but um, this that's not included here. So first we have Thriller, which, I mean, uh, I don't care what else is on the list. It's fucking Thriller. Uh, then we have The Monster Mash. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the classic, who you gonna call, Ghostbusters. Also known as, uh, I want a new drug. We have, don't fear the Reaper, which is a great one. Uh, d- I should mention, just listen, because I don't, I don't want any conflict of interest. At the age of 12, I did see Blue Oyster Cult in concert for $5. So, Fuck me. Yeah, so that might change. That might sway things. Yeah. Uh, we also have "This Is Halloween" from uh, uh, "Nightmare Before Christmas," and one of my favorites from Thirty Rock, "Werewolf Bar Mitzvah," which is fucking by, great. Written by Donald Glover. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm going to go ahead and pick Thriller to stick sort of with my Prince theme, though he and, and Michael didn't have the best relationship. I am going to go with Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. It reminds me of the movie Halloween, which is like my fucking favorite. Oh, okay. Awesome. Now, um, <clears throat> our next one is Pick a Color, but it's spelled with a U, so let's do this with our pinkies out. Yeah, Pick a British Color. Pick a British color. We have black, we got red, we got purple, we got green, we got blue, and we got gray. Now, Ben, you know where I'm going. I'm going purple. You're hitting that perp up. I'm going to hit up a little bit of green action. I'm a greensman. A greensman, they say. That's me. Yeah. Uh-huh. What scares you the most, Steve? Is it the oh, no. dark? Is it small spaces? Is it needles? Ugh. Death? public speaking which i assume includes podcasting and clowns actually now you when you said needles you may have heard me go Ugh, and Ugh. you may have thought that's because steve steve hates uh the fact that he has blood in his body and the fact that you can take it out with a needle it's true but in fact what was going through my head was that's kind of poor taste if i'm sticking with the prince theme but Aww. i'm still gonna have to pick Still gonna have to pick needles. Oh, it got dark, didn't it? It did. It got real dark. Of Go the, ahead. Of those things, I hate small spaces. I'm like minorly claustrophobic. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think my brother used to like roll me up in a rug a lot. I didn't like that. It didn't get good to I, me. So small spaces. This is interesting because he forced that on you. You you don't like it. But I, when I was little, I used to do this thing where I would lay out a, a blanket, like perfectly flat. And then I would I would lay down on one end and I would grab it as tight as I could and then I would roll myself up like a burrito, and I um I've always liked small spaces like I've always liked you know, like crawling under the bed or like going in caves and stuff like I've always liked small spaces so I understand that fear I get it. Whenever you read Harry uh, Potter and he was living under the stairs, you're like, what's the problem? Yeah, I was like, that sounds like a bitch ass room. Like that'd be so cool. Like. <laughs> Just imagine. Like, well, hey, guys, you want to come hang out in a very small space? <laughs> apparently, according to my results, I am a clown lurking at the edge of the woods. So you're the one responsible for all this clown panic. You keep hovering at the edge of the forest, trying to lure adults and children like alike to meet their certain doom. Stop doing that. You're freaking everybody out. Go home and take up a hobby, like knitting. Aw. Hmm. Now, mine says... You got Prince. He ain't no clown. Fuck. No. <laughs> Actually, mine doesn't make any sense to me, considering my Prince theme. It says, you got that awful clown doll from Poltergeist. Really? Now, what about that clown doll? What about any of my answers led to that? I wonder. I'm trying to think of anything about that that's, that, that's Prince-like. I don't know him to, to play a great I mean, I guess, groove or complex chords or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a scene that was cut out of Poltergeist, oh, where that okay. clown doll whipped out a sweet ass guitar and just fucking played went a, to town. Played a B flat thirteen chord on top of it and stuff. Hey, you ain't got to tell me. I obviously <laughs> know that. Um, <laughs> it does say here though, in any other house, you'd just be a normal, if slightly creepy, doll. Unfortunately, you're in a house built on top of an ancient burial ground, which mm. means you're evil as hell and you attack little children in their beds. Hey. Oh my god, I just figured out why I got this. Because I picked Thriller. Oh. You attack little children in their and beds. And you picked Bedroom. 
Yeah. Mm, the children. Weird. The children. You gotta save the children. <laughs> That's ignorant. Don't be ignorant. <laughs> Well, that's pretty. That's pretty great. Now we know what kind of clowns we fucking are, man. Hell yeah! Well, on our next episode of our show, we are going to be covering one of my all-time motherfucking jams. I'm so stoked to talk about this movie and just rewatch it for the millionth fucking time because I will totally watch this again. Hell, I might even start it as soon as I get off of here. Uh, yeah, I love it so much. We're talking about the immortal, the originator. The source of our our nightmares and uh, night terrors that we've all experienced our whole lives, motherfucking Nightmare on Elm Street Part One. Yeah, listen, Ben. Um, I I know that um, that nothing's gonna change between uh, now and when we record the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, episode. So. Sure. I'm just going to go ahead and say, uh, guys, get ready to hear us talk about how much we love Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, because it's the fucking shit. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and, uh, hey, highly recommend that you watch the uh, Never Sleep Again, the documentary. Fuck yeah, it's on Netflix and Shutter right now. You can watch yeah. that. It is a, I mean, to say comprehensive is an understatement. It is the most yeah. nearly exhausting overview of every single entry in the series with interviews yeah. from the cast and crew of every single movie talking about the behind-the-scenes process, and special effects, and storyline writing process and everything of all the movies. It's like four and a half or five hours long. Yeah, it's four and, uh, yeah, four and a half to five. And, and I'll tell you this, it actually flies by. I've watched honestly. it several times. Like It's one of yeah. those, anytime I don't know what I want to watch, I'll just put on some random part of that shit because I fucking love it. Yeah, it's so good. So highly recommend that. Anyway, we'll be talking about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street next week. So Huzzah. That's awesome. In the meantime, please go on iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Do me a huge favor on there. Give us a strong rating. And also in your review, don't use any, don't use none of them potty mouth words. Don't say ass or damn or shit bitch or fuck tits or anything like that. None of that. You got to use G-rated language. If you want to say ass damn shit dick. Uh, bitch tits or whatever you just said <laughs> please just s like email that to us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com or send it to us on twitter or instagram at deadlovelypod I would love to receive that indeed you guys can follow me on instagram and twitter at Ben Eller Guitars, all one word where can they find you there Steve Spratling you can find me at Steven Spratling. Uh, that's Steven with a V, the only way to spell it. Mm. Well, that's fantastic. Well, in the meantime, stay tuned for next week's Nightmare on Elm Street Fun-a-thon episode. You guys have been wonderful. We guys have been dead and lovely. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye, Steve. Goodbye, Steve. Eee.